Snap Studios. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As a kid, my grandfather had a shotgun. He brought it out twice every year. Once, as the clock turned over on New Year's Eve, he'd run out to the porch and blast into the sky. Plow, 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 plow. Granddaddy. Granddaddy, you said whatever goes up has got to come down. No, not on New Year's Day, baby. The other time was the night before Halloween when in Detroit. Thousands of fires erupted the moment the sun set over the horizon. The city's rage blazing orange and red and gold. Devil's night. And I watched Granddaddy get his gun, set up his folding chair on the porch and sit smoking his cigarette, stroking the barrel. I get back up in the house now, baby. Take care of your grandmama. All around us, Detroit burns. And hiding behind the bars on our windows, looking out into the darkness past Granddaddy, I see shadows running on the sidewalk. Hooded figures wearing Batman, Superman, Donald Duck masks, carrying torches, gasoline containers, some pausing to consider our home. Then hearing the cock of his gun barrel before deciding to move on. And if he's going to stay up to protect us, I'm going to stay up to protect him all night long if I have to and I try watching watching shadows fires police cars I try then first light presses me awake my face sleep masked against the window I jump up scared open the front door and see my granddaddy still sitting sentry on the porch still holding his shotgun pulling the dregs from his last cigarettes his pack was super long menthol cools empty. You keep your granny safe like I asked you? Yes, sir. Good boy. Granddaddy, weren't you scared? Then, for just an instant, his eyes flash hot. He looks at me like he's seeing something else. Someone else. I already paid the fire once, baby. I won't pay it again. Before he says it, I never knew how his sister had passed. I didn't understand that it wasn't an accident. I didn't know that someone had meant to burn his black family from their home in the middle of the night and how every person that crawled out of that inferno long ago took something of the flame with them. I didn't understand that he's been battling a different fire for a very long time. Then the burn passes from his eyes and he's almost my grandfather again and I need him back from that place he just went granddaddy granddaddy can I have just a little bit of ice cream 
but my cornflakes. He looks at me all the way then. Baby, you can have a lot of ice cream in there if you don't tell your grandmama. Today on Snap Judgment, a very special tradition. We're taking you on a path through the dark woods. We proudly present Campfire Tales. Part 1, Dismal Falls. Featuring stories trapped beyond the veil from our sister show, Spooked, a Luminary Original. On this spooked road, we know full well that things are never as they seem, that people are often fighting invisible battles against unseen forces. We know all of this. But still, there's a different type of magic to being in the wild that highlights the mystery of everything we do not see. And our next storyteller, Chuck. Chuck comes face to face with his unknown, deep in the Appalachian wilderness, at a place called Dismal Falls. My name is Chuck. I've been hanging out in the woods since I was really young. Kind of been out there ever since. Between backpacking tours and wilderness therapy, ended up making it what I do for a living at this point. So this happened in 2015. It was summertime. And the the camp that we were working out of, our main base camp, from what I understand, it was an old Christian summer camp. I'm not sure uh, the details, but it was a pretty old camp. Uh, a lot of the cabins that we used uh, had been kind of redone a little bit. And then, of course, we had the uh, horse stables. And we had, I want to say, like, probably 15 or 16 of them. Older horses, a lot of them. And uh, the horses were actually essentially in therapy as well. The kids would work with them for part of their therapy. And then the horses were also being rehabilitated from abusive homes at the same time. At night, you would hear down by the stables, the donkey, his name was Stanley, it was a mini donkey, and he would start going off at night down there. I don't know if anybody out there has ever heard a donkey uh, freaking out, but it can be kind of kind of weird, uh, a little bit scary. But he would do that pretty consistently, and then usually the next day when we would go down to do horses, first thing we'd do is groom them. And when you go to groom them, their, their manes and tails would be just completely in knots. Even if we had brushed them the day before, the horses would be in poor shape. So at the time, I really didn't think a lot of it. But I would have kids going, be like, look at this. Like, I didn't do this. And I'd be like, okay, like, what's your point? And they'd be like, we were the last group here. Like, I didn't do this. And I'm like, well, maybe Miss Ann did it. You know, like, it's... Yeah, it's not part of my it's not part of my pay grade right now to worry about the horse's manes. I don't know a whole ton about horses, but I do remember growing up, my great grandma would talk about that happening and she said it meant there was a witch on your farm. 
I guess it was because she would go out and every single day the uh, the manes and the tails on the livestock were tangled up. It was like somebody had gone out and just went haywire on these animals. And they'd be skittish and they would be jumpy and they just were not in a good mood at all. That was one of the few things she ever talked about was she, she said, I swear there's a witch out here. And she would, I mean, she'd say it all the time. From the first time it happened down by the horse stables, I, I mean, I definitely thought of that. I remembered her saying that immediately. That damn witch. But I was like, well, you know, if it happens a couple of times, whatever, it's not a big deal. And you're like, well, it's coyotes or something like that. But with how consistently it happened there, I did start to wonder uh, a little bit about that. I'd heard about Dismal Falls. I'd read about it. I read about it initially on a photography website. And I saw pictures of it. And I was like, man, that's a beautiful waterfall. Like, I want to get out there and go see this. And I got linked over to a book called Land of Waterfalls. And this is by a guy named Jim Bob Tinsley. He wrote it in 88, and he wrote it about Transylvania County mainly, which is the land of waterfalls, as they call it. There's tons of waterfalls out there, charted, uncharted. There's some that don't even have names. And he describes it as one of the most foreboding places in the southern Appalachians. I was mainly reading to get directions. I just want to know how to get out there. Decided I was going to go check it out the next day. And so I drove up and I parked there at the base camp and started my, my hike up there. It's almost like a tunnel made out of uh, rhododendron and mountain laurels that are so low to the ground that they're almost over your head. Very thick to get through. You're kind of on hands and knees. And that goes on for, for some time. Then you pop out um, of that and it opens up a little bit for you and you're still going up a, a really steep grade. Pretty blind, you can't see a whole lot. And you come around this uh, corner and on your left side there's this really large boulder. I mean, it's gotta be the size of a house. It's, it's a big boulder. So I took note of that and kept on moving. And not too long after that, you come to this point where the trail splits into two. At that point, I stopped and got my map out. I was not sure which way to go 100%. The lower route that stayed pretty flat, according to the map, would go to the dismal wall. But the other trail that goes, I mean, it, from where I was at, it looked like it went straight uphill. Um, that's the one that goes to the waterfall. I mean, it's... It is really steep. So um, I start the climb up that way. I get probably about halfway up it and just felt like I was being watched. I got that, just that pit of your, your stomach feeling and hair on the back of my neck kind of stood up. And weirdly enough, my nose actually started bleeding right then too. I kind of turned around to where this kind of sense was coming from and all I could see was just this foot and part of a robe disappear into the rhododendron thicket. 
what could be lurking in those bushes, find out. On Snap Judgment, the Campfire Tales episode continues. Stay tuned. Now, if you want more Spooked, if you need more Spooked, be afraid. Spook Season 7 drops this September 9th. Brand new episodes arise from the ashes and will be released regularly through next spring. Available on the Luminary channel on Apple Podcasts or directly on Luminary at luminary.link slash spooked. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the Campfire Tales episode featuring stories crafted in the dark of night from our sister podcast, Spooked, a Luminary Original. Support for Snap Judgment comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is an all-in-one management software with apps for every business need. Odoo has apps for CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between. And they're all in one easy-to-use software. And the best part about Odoo? All Odoo apps are integrated, helping you get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash snap. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash snap. When last we left, Chuck was deep, deep into the woods on a hike when a strange figure appeared and disappeared into the bush. Spooked. Just caught a glimpse of it. At the time, I mean, we had been we had been out the night before. I was dehydrated a little bit, kind of tired, and a little bit hungover. And so I was like, I was like, I'm definitely seeing things. Like I should take a break. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, how is that possible? Because I didn't hear anything. And with how thick the leaf litter is there, you can hear anything. It was quiet. It's very quiet out there. So I'm thinking about all this and it's just, it's getting me flustered. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to keep going. Kept on moving. And eventually I got to the top of this hill that I've been climbing and I crested over the top of it and there's a tree there. The tree has got a rope coming down from it that goes to another tree and that tree has a rope. And then from there, it kind of puts you down in the rhododendron by the banks of Dismal Falls. It's just a big, long bridal veil. Really, really pretty waterfall. It drops 40 feet with a nice cascade, and then it hits, it hits down and it just runs down this, I mean, it's gotta be a couple hundred feet of uh, just slick rock. So I hike in, go sit at the bottom of the falls. I sat down to just chill out, have some water, look at the falls. Water was nice and cool, so I'm enjoying that. I was chewing on some mint. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. Um, I'm not even stressing on the, the foot. Not too long after I got there and kind of had settled in, I get that, that feeling again, like I was being watched. And kind of as I 
have this feeling I hear what sounded like a voice. So I turn and look, and uh, up at the very top of the cascade, there's a woman standing on top of the waterfall. I could see her plain as day. She had kind of curly gray hair bowed down to her shoulders. Um, I would say she was in her 80s and was wearing a cloak, a black one or at least a dark colored one. It seemed to be in spectacular condition for somebody who runs around the woods in it. And that's about all I could make out from where I was. But no sooner had I looked at her, she turns and walks off into the rhododendron bushes. And then she's out of sight. At this point, um, I'm more confused and curious than scared. I'm 6'2", and I weigh like 240. I'm a big dude. Like, I'm not, I'm not intimidated, but I'm trying to, trying to think, like, why somebody would be up there. I I didn't even know you could go up there. So I decide, I decide, well, I'm going to go up there too. I'm going to go figure this out on my own. So I throw my stuff in my bag and start making my way up this uh, slick rock next to the, the bridal veil. Now it took me, it took me close to an hour to navigate through all this, this slick rock. This stuff is pretty serious. It, it's kind of tough to, to navigate. And I'm trying to catch my breath. And then I hear from the bottom of the falls, this time it was definitely a voice. I heard it really clearly. And it just said, hey, and so I turn and look, and now she is at the bottom of the falls where I had just been. Now I'm trying to figure out how she would have gotten down there past me when I was coming up because I couldn't find any other trails. Something's not right here. And I was like, this person's following me. What my brain and body said was, get out of there, dude. Like, we don't need to be here. Like, let's get out of here already had my pack on, so I just kind of stepped off of the bridal veil and I just kind of went crashing through the bushes until I finally found the trail that I'd come in on. So I, I scramble up those, those rope assists, crest back over the ridge, and so now I'm heading back down. I mean, I'm, I'm trucking pretty hard downhill back toward that split in the trail where I saw the foot initially. So I blow past that point and I'm running pretty much full speed down this hill. And I come back to that point where where the big boulder is, that big house size rock. And of course now it's on my right side. And as I come around this blind corner around this rock, she's standing right there in the trail in front of me. And I almost ran smack into her. I took a tumble to avoid hitting her hit the ground pretty hard. It winded me pretty good. When I came to a stop, I had basically rolled kind of up against this, this rock. So I'm rolled up against, my back's against the rock, and I'm kind of sitting up, and she is standing over top of me, just looking at me. No expression on her face at all, and her eyes were, they were so light blue that they were almost white, like the irises. They almost blended right into the whites of her eyes. 
the rest of her was really old looking, but her eyes were very, very youthful looking, just piercing. Scared me to death. We stared at each other for a second. Felt like an eternity. Like time slowed down a little bit. I break contact, break eye contact with her and kind of roll, get my feet under me and I take off. And she just kind of watched me, she watched me get my feet under me and go. Now I'm really running. I mean, I'm terrified at this point. The whole time I'm trying to tell myself like, this is all, like you're making this up. Like there's nothing weird going on here. Even though I'm in a dead sprint running from something. Finally get right about down closer to base camp and uh, slowed down, checked behind me, stopped, didn't hear anything. I figured I was not being followed. And so I just continued my walk. I got to a point in the trail where there's this down tree and I cross over this log, come around a corner and there's a bobcat sitting in the middle of the trail. Ears were not moving, eyes were not moving, not a whisker flinched. And that's very, that's very uh, out of character for that animal. I mean, I, I've been in the woods for a long time, over 15 years, and uh, I've only ever seen one actual wild bobcat. You're lucky to ever see one, much less one sitting just in the trail looking at you. So I stop and I'm staring at this, this cat and I notice the eyes. They weren't like cat eyes. The pupils, did, they weren't slitted. Wasn't the same shape. I mean, they were shaped like human eyes. The, the pupils were, I mean, almost dead white, like very, very light blue, almost dead white. So I knew right away, as soon as I saw that cat's eyes, I was like, oh, that's her right there. And it was, I was terrified. I was looking this thing dead in its eyes and it's kind of looking at me and I knew I felt it like deep down in my being that she could do whatever she wanted to to me. I was at her mercy. So I started talking to her. I was like, look, I was like, you got a beautiful mountain here. I was like, well, I will never go back to your waterfall. Just like, just please let me go. <laughs> like, just let me go. I didn't even speak that out loud. That was just something I thought. And uh, no sooner had I thought that, this this bobcat turned, walked off the trail, let me go. After that, it did take some time to process it, but really that's when it all kind of clicked for me right there. It sunk in for me, and I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. It's just like, it's like, yeah, that was really, really weird, like... I think I ran into a witch. Um, I don't know. That's kind of just, it was very organic in the way that it just like my brain automatically was like, yep. So, I mean, an experience like that, it, it humbles you a lot, especially in that, in the position that I was in. I mean, you're, you're a big, bad guide. Like I've squared up with, I've punched a bear in the jaw. Like I'm not intimidated by a lot of things, but sure enough. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It humbled me a lot. Because that was probably one of the one of the few times in my life where I felt like truly helpless when I was laying up against that wall, looking at this what seemed to be like an eighty year old woman. This was an old witch, and I think she's been there for a long time. 
longer longer than 80 years, I would think. I think she's much older than that. And I think that's just that's where she that's where she lives. That's her stomping ground, and uh, it's it's way out of the way for a reason. So I mean, when I go out in the woods, like I'm picking up trash, I'm taking care of the woods, and I think she saw that. I think she was kind of like letting me know that she was there, like she's making her presence known more than anything else. And yeah, really, that that's what I got from it for the most part. Because like I said, I mean, she could have done whatever she wanted to while I was laid up against that rock wall. It sounds crazy, but I think she, I think she stopped me on that trail to judge my character. She decided for whatever reason not to, not to harm me and just to see if, you know, if I was worthy enough to be in her woods. And I think she determined that I must have been. Thank you, Chuck, for coming from those woods and bringing your story back with you. If you listeners decide to go exploring, please bring a friend. Original score was by Clay Xavier. It was produced by Greta Weber. Now, if you want more Spooked, if you need more Spooked, be afraid. Spooked Season 7 drops this September 9th. Brand new episodes arise from the ashes and will be released regularly through next spring. Available on the Luminary channel on Apple Podcasts or directly on Luminary at luminary.link slash spooked. And please know that this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you could go for a sunset hike to the top of a mountain with a dear, dear friend together. You can enjoy the spectacle of shadow descending through the woods even while the full moon begins to rise and at the dark bend, return to your friend. Your friend now staring back at you with a particularly wolfy grin, their ears suddenly larger, sharp incisors spouting out on either side of their mouth and when they hungrily, greedily lunge towards you, know that you would still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is 